Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebration commemorating the ending of slavery in the United States. This is a quote from the website Juneteenth.com. On June 19, 1865, U.S. Major General Gordon Granger issued General Order Number 3, and he was the commander of the headquarters district of Texas at this time. This document was read in Galveston, Texas, and the order read as follows. The people are of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that of employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. The original official handwritten record of General Order Number 3 is preserved at the National Archives Building in Washington, D.C. Juneteenth is yet another chapter in African-American history, which is also American history, which begins with the issuance of the Emancipation Proclamation. The original Emancipation Proclamation is handwritten and covered five pages. It too is also located in the National Archives Building in Washington, D.C. Contrary to popular belief, the Emancipation Proclamation did not end slavery. On September 22, 1862, President Lincoln issued a preliminary Emancipation Proclamation which stipulated, and I quote, that if the Southern states did not cease their rebellion by January 1, 1863, then the proclamation would go into effect. When the Confederacy did not yield, President Lincoln issued the final Emancipation Proclamation on January 1, 1863. The Emancipation Proclamation was only applicable to the Southern states in rebellion. Hence, it was political in nature and changed the trajectory of the war from preserving the Union to freedom for slaves. It also paved the way for the War Department to issue General Orders Number 143, which established the United States Colored Troops.
it was not until the 13th Amendment was passed on December the 6th, 1865, that slavery indeed ended. At this time, I would like to share a letter that President Lincoln wrote prior to me sharing with you the actual Emancipation Proclamation. So, on August 22, 1862, in response to a um, editorial addressed to President Lincoln called The Prayer of 20 Millions, um, in which various demands were made and this editorial implied that Lincoln's administration lacked direction and resolved. So in response to this editorial, he wrote the following, and I quote, the letter was addressed to Horace Greeley, who at that time was the editor of the New York Tribune. Honorable Horace Greeley, dear sir, I have just read yours of the 19th addressed to myself through the New York Tribune. If there be in it any statements or assumptions of fact, which I may know to be erroneous, I do not now in here controvert them. If there be in it any inferences which I may believe to be falsely drawn, I do not now in here argue against them. If there be perceptible in it an impatient and dictatorial tone, I waive it in deference to an old friend whose heart I have always supposed to be right. As to the policy I seem to be pursuing, in quotes, as you say, I have not meant to leave anyone in doubt. I would save the Union. I would save it the shortest way under the Constitution. The sooner the national authority can be restored, the nearer the Union will be, in quotes, the Union as it was, in quote. If there be those who would not save the Union unless they could at the same time save, save slavery, I do not agree with them. If there be those who would not save the Union unless they could at the same time destroy slavery. If I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. What I do about slavery and the colored race, I do because I believe it helps to save the Union. And what I forbear, I forbear because I do not believe it would help to save the Union. I shall do less whenever I shall believe what I am doing hurts the cause, and I shall do more whenever I shall believe doing more will help the cause. I shall try to correct errors when shown to be errors, and I shall adopt new views so fast as they shall appear to be true views. I have here stated my purpose according to my view of official duty, and I intend no modification of my oft-expressed personal wish that all men everywhere could be free. Yours, A. Lincoln. 
With that said, I would like to share the actual wording of the Emancipation Proclamation, which was signed on January 1st, 1863. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas on the 22nd day of September in the year of our Lord, 1862, a proclamation was issued by the President of the United States containing, among other things, the following, to wit, that on the first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons and will do no act or acts to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts they may make for their actual freedom. That the executive will on the first day of January aforesaid by proclamation designate the states and parts of states, if any, in which the people thereof respectively shall then be in rebellion against the United States, and the fact that any state or the people thereof shall on that day be in good faith represented in the Congress of the United States by members chosen thereto at elections wherein a majority of the qualified voters of such states shall have participated shall in the absence of strong countervailing testimony be deemed conclusive evidence that such state and the people thereof are not then in rebellion against the United States. Now, therefore, I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, by virtue of the power of me vested as Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States, in time of actual armed rebellion against the authority and government of the United States, and as a fit and necessary war measure for suppressing said rebellion, do on this first day of January in the year of our Lord 1863, and in accordance with my purpose, so to do publicly, proclaimed for the full period of 100 days, from the day first above mentioned, order and designate as the states and parts of states wherein the people thereof respectively are this day in rebellion against the United States, the following to wit. Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, except the parishes of St. Bernard, Plaquemine, Jefferson, St. John, St. Charles, St. James Ascension, Assumption, Terrebonne, La Fourche, St. Mary, St. Martin, and Orleans, including the city of New Orleans, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia, except the 48 counties designated as West Virginia, and also the counties of Berkeley, Accomack, Northampton, Elizabeth City, York, 
Princess Anne and Norfolk, including the cities of Norfolk and Portsmouth, and which accepted parts are for the present left precisely as if this proclamation were not issued. And by virtue of the power and for the purposes aforesaid, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within said designated states and parts of states are and henceforward shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. And I hereby enjoin upon the people so declared to be free, to abstain from all violence, unless in necessary self-defense, and I recommend to them that in all cases, when allowed, they labor faithfully for reasonable wages. And I further declare and make known that such persons of suitable condition will be received into the armed services of the United States to garrison forts, positions, stations, and other places, and to man vessels of all sorts in said service. And upon this act, sincerely believed to be an act of justice, warranted by the Constitution upon military necessity, I invoke the considerate judgment of mankind and the gracious favor of Almighty God. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington, the first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 87th. Abraham Lincoln, and then it has by the president, William H. Seward, Secretary of State. The abolition of slavery had far-reaching ramifications, many of which continue to exist today. Fast forward to today, or present time, as my primary focus for um, doing this podcast episode today, Sunday, June the 12th, 2022, is to focus on the backdrop against with Juneteenth became known as Freedom Day as well most recently President Joseph Biden recently issued an executive order making Juneteenth a national holiday. You can find the actual wording of the executive order at whitehouse.gov. And this was uh, signed on June 18th, 2021. I will read it. It is called a proclamation on Juneteenth Day of Observance 2021. And I read, on June 19th, 
1865, nearly nine decades after our nation's founding and more than two years after President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, enslaved Americans in Galveston, Texas, finally received word that they were free from bondage. As those who were formerly enslaved were recognized for the first time as citizens, Black Americans came to commemorate Juneteenth with celebrations across the country, building new lives and a new tradition that we honor today. In its celebration of freedom, Juneteenth is a day that should be recognized by all Americans. And that is why I am proud to have consecrated Juneteenth as our newest national holiday. Juneteenth is a day of profound weight and power, a day in which we remember the moral stain and terrible toll of slavery on our country, what I've long called America's original sin, a long legacy of systemic racism inequality, and inhumanity. But it is a day that also reminds us of our incredible capacity to heal, hope, and emerge from our darkest moments with purpose and resolve. As I said on the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre, great nations don't ignore the most painful chapters of their past. Great nations confront them we come to terms with them. On Juneteenth, we recommit ourselves to the work of, e of equity, equality, and justice. And we celebrate the centuries of struggle, courage, and hope that have brought us to this time of progress and possibility. That work has been led throughout our history by abolitionists and educators civil rights advocates and lawyers, courageous activists and trade unionists, public officials and everyday Americans who have helped make real the ideals of our founding documents for all. There is still more work to do. As we emerge from the long dark winter of the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, racial equity remains at the heart of our efforts to vaccinate the nation and beat the virus. We must recognize that Black Americans, among other people of color, have shouldered a disproportionate burden of loss, while also carrying us through disproportionately as essential workers and healthcare providers on the front lines of the crisis. Psalm 30 proclaims that weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning. Juneteenth marks both the long, hard nights of slavery and discrimination and the promise of a brighter morning to come. My administration is committed to building an economy and a nation that brings everyone along and finally delivers our nation's founding promise to Black Americans. Together, we will lay the roots of real and lasting justice so that we can become the extraordinary country that was promised to all Americans. Juneteenth not only commemorates the past, it calls us to action today. Now, therefore, I, Joseph R. Biden Jr., President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me 
by the Constitution and the laws of the United States do hereby proclaim June 19, 2021 as Juneteenth Day of Observance. I call upon the people of the United States to acknowledge and celebrate the end of the Civil War and the emancipation of Black Americans and commit together to eradicate systemic racism that still undermines our founding ideals and collective prosperity. In witness whereof, I have hereunto set my hand this 18th day of June in the year of our Lord 2021 and of the independence of the United States of America, the 245th, signed Joseph R. Biden Jr. Again, you may go, as I said, to whitehouse.gov if you would like to read this in its entirety as well. You can also um, perhaps find other background information about Juneteenth. In closing, I wanted to share another quote that was located at the website Juneteenth.com. And I quote, Juneteenth is not a party. It is a commemoration, an attribution, a day of remembrance and recognition. Let's not lose focus. I would ask for those in the United States, particularly if you are aware of a Juneteenth celebration, perhaps you would um, go and, and check it out. Um, for those of you who are outside the United States, I believe there will be uh, various observances which will be on TV, on YouTube, on social media, and you certainly should feel free to check some of those out in an effort to gain a better understanding of the historical significance of Juneteenth. As an aside, um, there have been some missteps as um, corporations attempt to um, hone in on, capitalize on, make money from um, Juneteenth. Um, I want to point out there was an incident or instance of Walmart, quote, um, marketing a, quote, Juneteenth ice cream. If you Google Walmart and Juneteenth ice cream, you can read um, what happened there for yourself. There was also, I believe, a museum that um, created a special menu which featured, um, quote, watermelon salad at a rather exorbitant price. Truly, this is not the meaning nor the intent of Juneteenth. As previously stated, Juneteenth was a celebration to recognize that 
the slaves in Texas had been freed two years after the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed by President Lincoln. If you are able to support um, people of color, brown people, people of different um, ethnic backgrounds, please do that um, as well. But mostly, I would I would ask that you think of it as a day to reflect on, yes, how far we have come, yet how far we have still to travel. Reflect on the fact that in the United States, um, under the guise of, quote, critical race theory, attempts are made, being made, have been made to eradicate facts pertaining to American history, African-American history, that indeed slavery existed, the role that the United States and other countries throughout the world played in slavery. One cannot erase the past. There will always be remembrances and records that exist. The way forward is to incorporate, acknowledge, teach, educate about what happened in the past. Hopefully in doing this, one will gain a better understanding of how we are all inextricably linked together and how moving forward we can only do so in a spirit of forgiveness, education, and love. Thank you for your attention and may you have a happy and memorable Juneteenth celebration. I would ask if you are curious that you Google uh, Juneteenth celebrations, you can go to Juneteenth.com. There are numerous resources that you can go to to get more information. And again, I thank those who listen to my podcast throughout the world. If you have any comments, please feel free to leave them. And again, know that I appreciate you. Thank you.